It appears that way. And it, in other words, by trying to deny something, you're really affirming it. Yeah? You can't escape the dualistic movement of mind. Yeah? Affirmation is denial, denial is affirmation. It goes same and same. So, I don't know, I spent a lot of time trying to get out of what I wasn't in, you know? At first it was, you know, when my, I had two family members die when I was young. My, my grandmother was close, very close to us, she lived with us, and uh, my father. And man, from that point on, I wanted to get out, you know, it was overwhelming to me. So the first thing I was doing was reading science fiction books and trying to escape that way. Then that progressed into finding alcohol and drugs. I got caught in that pretty deeply. Then I tried to apply spirituality to try to get out of it. Yeah? And then it's just the whole point. Why didn't any of them work? And I'll tell you, I would match my devotion to drugs with any spiritual devotee in the history of spirituality. You know, the monkey god, Hanuman, all those. I'm right up there with them. I gave everything over to that addiction. I prostituted myself. I lived for that and that alone. I was unwavering in my commitment to it. Every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah? And yet, with all that effort, shooting drugs up and tons of stuff that were flipping, sending me out into other worlds... I always seem to come back here. I couldn't get out, and I'm wondering why. In spirituality, I couldn't get out. Couldn't get out by all these methods because you're not in. It's not that you failed in the mission. The mission is the failure. The mission to get out is being in. Yeah. Letting it really sink in how in you are in here is out. Yeah. All the things you're trying to push away or deny or try to work on, all these subtle ways of trying to change something one way or another, is is an affirmation of its existence, of its reality. So how can you be working against it when you're working for it? Yeah? It looks like we're trying to move away, but we're not. We're in its sphere. There's no escape. Like, uh, if you look at animals... You can tell a predator and a prey pretty easily. You know, the prey usually gets attacked by the predator, and the predator rips its neck out. Let's say, and it's okay. It's obvious the distinction. You know, but in in the movement of mind, the selfing or the idea of self, the trying to move away from that—that's how self has you. Yeah, the idea of being a self has you by trying to get out of it. It doesn't have you when you surrender and admit to yourself, that, yeah, I am a fucking loser, I am a very evil person, or whatever you've been thinking about yourself all these fucking years. You finally <laughs> let it sit and land, finally. If not, it's like vultures circling, you know. When you finally let it land, it breaks down, it's not comfortable, you know, to really let it in that you are a loser, or you really do hurt people in the pursuit of what you want. But it doesn't end there, it leads to, I'm not that, yeah? Then you can be really truthful, truly accountable for all the all the activities you've done. You can make amends for them because you're not, in a sense, responsible for them. Yeah. yeah. 
But while you're thinking you're overly responsible, there's a lot of things I don't want to admit. I don't want to show up and lose my face by telling you, hey, while you were out, I stole your silverware and sold it to get loaded, you know? My whole life about getting loaded was to avoid those moments of confronting people and the things I did. When I got sober, that was part of my solution. And I went up to people, and some of them surprised me. I remember this one time I was there with a, this woman I was trying to impress, this girl, and my friend, who I was trying to impress. Yeah, he's just been in AA for a year or two. And we were going up the stairs to his apartment, and this woman was going down, and she had paint on her pants, and then she said hello to us. And then my friend went down to look at his motorcycle, and he came back up, and he says, hey, my neighbor wants to say talk to you. And I thought he had told her I'm the house painter, and she wanted some professional advice. Yeah? So she comes into his apartment, and she says, hello, Paul. And I didn't know her from her own or And she says, don't you remember me? I said, no. She says, you owe me $500. (laughs) And I had ripped her off. She had had lost a lot of weight. I didn't recognize her. I I told her when she moved into this apartment I had that she had a paid deposit, and I spent the money. I I deposited it right into my pocket. (laughs) Actually, my arm, basically. Yeah? And so, one of many things I'd done. But here it came back. She walked in, and she my pants were pulled down. Hey, you owe me 500 bucks. Now, I had been introduced to the idea that I was powerless over alcohol and drugs. And I got it. I mean, that my mind had entertained that and I had gotten it. Yeah? So I realized that what I did to her, I would have done to anybody unless she could have physically stopped me. So no guilt and shame came up. I just looked at her in the face and I said, okay, I'm going to pay you. Yeah? And I told her, the only reason why you're going to get paid is that I'm in AA. But none of the baggage that would usually come up, came up. Because I had gotten the principle that AA had offered me. That I was powerless over alcohol and drugs. So when I'm on them, I'm apt to do anything. It's like dancing with a gorilla. I'm going to stop when it wants to stop. I, have no, I don't call the shots. And I got it. And you know what? Because I got it. When the situation was totally right to produce a lot of guilt and shame arose, it didn't. Because that, that field wasn't fertile anymore. Yeah? It had been seen through. I wasn't beholden to that fucking assumption that I had done those things. So therefore I could show up and make amends for them. If I believed I had done them, I would have been still skirting the issues. I wouldn't have wanted to make any amends. I would have made some fucking story up and probably split. So in my case, how I'm responsible here is to realize I'm not responsible. That's what brings about an accountability. When I'm feeling overly responsible, I'm avoiding like the plague, anything. You know? If I feel like I've confronted, i fucked somebody, I'll just never go in that, I won't go to that town again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Your life just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, trying to compensate and, and, uh, and cohabitate this incredible, voracious system of thought, like a parasitical system, that wants every drop of your attention and interest. It doesn't want a little bit of it. It wants all of it. Self-centeredness is a parasitical movement. It doesn't have a life, so it claims what's happening through you. Yeah? It can't build a life, because there's nowhere to begin. It has to suck on yours. Yeah? And for me, the original addiction 
is the mind, the conditional mind's addiction to the idea of being a self. That's it. In Buddhism, they say it's self-cherishing. So, cherishing is a great word, because it sounds like you really have a nice flavor for something. It's not like something is imposed on you that you would love to get rid of, but you're cherishing it. Yeah? I mean, you're petting it, you know? You're cultivating it. There's a sort of weird love for it, yeah? So, the mind makes something up, and it loves what it made up, and it doesn't want to give up the ghost. So, it's trying to hold out to be special and to be right, and usually end up be alone, yeah? But be right about it. <laughs> That's the very important thing. It wants to be right. And if, like we shared last night, if your mind gets to be right by being wrong, you're really going to be wrong. <laughs> you are really going to be wrong here. Because <laughs> it wants to be right at all costs. Yeah. So This is just about... I mean, I try to trim the tree. I try to go over every leaf. I try to bend it in a different direction with like different crutches, to, you know, not to be bent by the winds of what's happening, but to sort of cultivate it in my direction. None of it worked. It was seeing that I'm not that. That was what worked for me. Yeah? Because after, when you see that you, what you're not, at one of those points where you're seeing that, the emphasis will, emphasis will shift to the seeing. You won't be concerned so much about what you're not. Yeah? Because you're not that. The concern will go to another aspect of that event, which is the seeing. You'll sense yourself, not as a, a mental noun, which is made up, but a, a, a living verb, a being, you know? A nothingness manifesting and expressing itself through conscious contact here, yeah? A life from imminence to, from imminence to potential to manifestation. You'll sense it, yeah? Now, maybe you'll get sucked back into the habit of selfing, but after you have that sense, I'm, get, I'm pretty damn sure you're going to have more samples of it. And all it takes is one where the recalibration sets. The emphasis is off of what you're seeing and is on the scene. Yeah? Once your attention and interest lands there, it really recognizes it as your source. It doesn't recognize a mental idea as your source. It doesn't. That's why it's flitting and you constantly have to keep it going to these thought systems. Thought after thought after thought trying to capture its attention. Yeah? But when it attends to what you are, it tends to rest there. Yeah? You have plenty of attention to deal with a day. Yet a lot of your attention can be resting. Yeah? Resting in, or abiding in that truth if you want to call it. Yeah? So you're never exhausted because you're not spending everything all day. You've put it into a very good bank, which is constantly renewing it, yeah? Yeah? So you're, at, you're almost like drinking from an unquenchable, unquenchable source, you know? You can never drink it all up. So you're in a, a very reliant situation. You're very, you're very supported, yeah? So if the, the appearance or the, or the, let's say, the mistake appears quite a lot, the solution to it is always appearing. Yeah? So at every moment you're being fooled by a form of looking, the seeing is right there. I mean, I can't see that as anything but love, really. Even a perceived mistake, 
the, the solution to it is always available at all times. While you're actually entertaining the problem, the solution is right there. You don't even have to entertain the solution just to tell the truth about the problem. The solution is so evident, it doesn't, it's not even a solution. It's just so available. There's nowhere else you fall. It's sort of like here. In selfing, you get caught up in a... Selfing is like a product, right? The feeling of being a self. It is. It's been so long that the product gets a sense of being historical that it's, it's before its production, but it's not before its production. Selfing is a process that produces this sense of self. Yeah? So the, the product of the, pro, of the production line can never be, fo- be before the production line. Yeah? It comes after the production line. So you weren't in that state when you were a baby, or the babiness was occurring for quite a while. So something happened, a, a, a mental process started to occur called selfing that produced the feeling of being a self. Yeah? So the, what's produced has to come after what's producing it. Yeah? In a sense. Yeah? But when it's produced, it has a historical feeling that you're before what produced it. So, the selfing that produced it, you believe you're the one that's doing it. This is called the product of selfing. (laughs) That's the whole dilemma. And it doesn't have any, though it it has, we believe in time, it has no belief in time. So it makes it, it produces a historical feeling after the, you know, at the end of the producing, and you feel like you're before the production. Yeah? That's selfing. So when something's happening and you're having conscious contact, in the gaps where that's not happening, you believe you're still there. Where you cannot come before conscious contact. The feeling of being you is after the conscious contact, yeah? Yeah. Conscious contact is occurring, then mental interpretation is secondary. What the mental interpretation produces is something that seems to precede the conscious contact. So you feel you're the one who's conscious, and therefore you fall under the, the spell that you can be unconscious. And that's what starts giving tons of meaning to consciousness. You make it into a, a something that has a quality that it can be more or lacking, where it's not a state anymore. You're not seeing that all there is is consciousness. You believe you can be more conscious or less conscious. Yes? That's after the acquiring of consciousness as you're the one doing it. If you don't buy into that, you'll realize all there is is consciousness. Therefore, it won't be on you to become more conscious because you can't be less conscious, in a fact. Yeah? Because there's really, there's always availability of consciousness. Yes? But if you recognize it after the heist, then you're going to see it as something that you have to get some more of. <laughs> and make sure you don't lose any that you have. <laughs> so, again, you're walking from two-ness, working from two-ness to try to get to oneness, and oneness can't exist without two-ness, so you don't even want to get to oneness, you just want to go to zero-ness, in a sense. And the fact is, you never left zero-ness. Yeah? So here, in selfing, it creates a game board, and most people wake up to the idea of being themselves, You're, that's like square number five. <laughs> 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 the selfing is already 
produced its product, and you're feeling like you're a self. Yeah? So you're way at the end of the line. So you're at square number five, and... <laughs> and then, of course, if you feel really bad, you're at square number nine, let's say, or if you're really, really fucked, you're square 15. But any time there's a giving up the ghost of square number five, what hits you? Square zero. Yeah. If you give up the ghost of being at square 15, what hits you? Square zero. Square 23, if you drop the pretense of square 23, what hits you? Immediately. No time involved. Square zero. After a while, you realize there's only square zero. <laughs> All the other squares are mentally made up. Yeah, I never left square zero. The game board is just that, a game board with a piece that goes on it. So for the boot of a, of a Monopoly game to, to expect to transcend the Monopoly game is ridiculous because it's part of the game. It's not like an independent boot that has been thrown onto a Monopoly board. It's part of the whole game. The pieces are part of the game. Without the pieces, there isn't a game. So you're not stuck in a game. This is a piece of the game. Yeah? The action figure is a participant. This is how mind is experiencing this place. Yeah? It sets game boards. But the thing is, if you realize that every time you let go, you never left any you never left square zero, then <laughs> You don't get it? <laughs> How many more experiences do you need? Get it. Like, expand on the principle. Square 5, square 0, square 50, square 0. Do I have to go to 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10? Yeah. Do I have to go through every... Maybe, maybe that's the case. It's alright. It's a finite board. Or maybe just getting one square... You know, I'm really, I know this is true, and then boom, you're at square zero. You know what I mean? I'm so positive this is square 12, and this one is real, boom, square zero. Maybe you'll give up the ghost, yeah? And now you still have, you go to square one, two, three, four, five, but square zero is the overriding atmosphere, so to speak, yeah? You, you take yourself less seriously, and all the moves on the board less seriously, Yeah? It's the greatest advantage about the game that's not from the game. It's the greatest advantage about the game, but you can't get it from the game. Yeah? It has to come from another place. Mm-hmm. Or no place, really. I need an anchor now. The energy is very strong. <laughs> That's what I don't like about these long days either. It's a little too high in a way. I used to love to try to get high. Now it's the last place I want to go. I like the dog shit awareness to stay right exactly where I am. Yeah, because I'm not here. That's great news. Yes. You're gonna bring me down. Yeah, I, I count on you for that. I just, I'm wondering, uh, where does personality fit into all this? Like how, you know, obviously, speakers, all the speakers have different personalities. They seem to have retained their personality intact. Like, what is the connection? Well, where does the personality have to go if it ain't you? Is it, like, attached to the body or something? Oh, yeah, the brain and the body. It's... It's just brain, is it? It's just a bunch of signals? Like Yeah, I'd say so. 
and it's you know it's personality does seem to be attached to time like you know it has a history well if it's from the brain and the body it's attached to time yeah There would be no sense of a body unless there was time. Yeah. There would be yeah. no sense yeah. of a self because yeah. it's, a ma- it's a mental process which yeah. takes time. Yeah? Yeah. Well, our whole thought system is, is drenched in time. The idea of time. Yeah? It's part of the mental streaming here. Time has a huge, huge influence. That's why many people can't rest because they're being whipped by the, the, the idea of time. They've got to improve. They've got to accrue value. They've got to keep going. They've got to keep doing this. Time is has it has this incredible overriding influence on the on the mind. Yeah. You finally work hard enough to relax. You can't relax because time's demanding your attention. What am I going to do when I get back to work on Monday? Stuff like that. Yeah. It's like a whip. You don't see it as a form of slavery. You get just getting whipped. You're always in an agitated state. You can't even rest. You buy the greatest bed like a Tempur-Pedic and you're still tossing around. You can get ten massages in a row and your, your mind is still tight as a coiled, you know, spring. Yeah? It's, selfing con- contracts. Yeah? It contracts. That's its movement. Yeah? Now, it, it, it moves in and out like this, but its basic theme is contraction. So you have a little movement, this and that, yeah? But its basic inclination is contract. <coughs> yeah? It contracts. <coughs> so instead of have being diffuse and being aware of space, you become so one-pointed. Yeah? It's the other when you were a kid, you looked at bugs. Remember, you'd get a magnifying glass. Because you weren't that wise, you'd be looking at the bug, but the sun was on your shoulder, over your shoulder, and you'd burn the bug alive, and all you wanted to do was check it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it couldn't take that magnific- magnification of the light. Well, that's what self-centeredness is. Mind is best diffused, you know, entertaining, open, free-ranging. When it gets concentrated, too concentrated, yes, it magnifies. And if it's concentrated on one fucking idea that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, it can create an incredible uh, neurosis here. People's minds are eating themselves. Mm-hmm. They're so, so consumed with themselves, they're spawning neuroses after neuroses after neuroses. They can't keep naming them. They're spinning them out so fast. Yeah, It's just way too much power being directed on an imaginary point. When mind works best when it's open and diffuse... That's why the space is no-thingness. When you're seeing in no-thingness, you never alight upon a thing. Your focus never gets... Because you're seeing no-thingness. It's all diffuse. It's all very, very wide open, and it never stops because you never run into a thing. It's never interrupted where you have an experience. You don't experience anything in there. It's just onward and onward. Seeing, yeah, never, never hitting a point where it gets its attention stopped to notice that point. There's nothing there. The ride is the scene. It's not what's being seen. It's the scene. Yeah, and when the mind, like the Jesus said, when the eye be single, the body will be full of light. Yeah, we have these two eyes. 
that are, are, are conditioned and programmed to see things, yeah? But there is a possibility of another eye that sees nothing. That eye never blinks. That eye is never having an experience. That eye ne- is never interrupted because it keeps seeing nothing. In other words, it's always in the verbing of, in, in, of an, an unbelievable stillness. It's never, never, never alighting on anything. That's freedom from the bondage of self. Yeah? Not everything, not every mental thing, not ever sense thing, not ever object thing grabs your attention. Your attention is free, at least some level of it, where while you're seeing things, and of course when you see things, then you're in a relationship, yeah? And then interaction occurs and experiences happen. What happens in seeing nothing? There is no relationships. There is no experience. There's no events. There's no time to gauge anything. There's no reference points you can use. There's no flags that put along the way. You're this close to, you know, Idaho. None of that's there. There's just seeing. That's happening. That's the sense of presence during your day. It's available. Because while we're being interrupted by thing upon thing upon thing, in the conditional seeing, in, in the mind's eye seeing, you're not interrupted at all. There's no break, there's no intermission. It's like a, a seamless, infinite verbing where you can't even notice that it's happening anymore because it's always happening. Yeah? It's the epitome of stillness. It's the, it's the movement and stillness entwined. Just like they say stillness is movement and movement is stillness. Emptiness is form, form is emptiness. Exactly. In that state, all is that. Yeah? Yeah. We're privy to it. We have the reflective ability. We're not a grasshopper. Yeah? We're not a one-celled animal. We, we have the reflective ability of mind to reflect infinity. Yeah? What's going to happen? Find out. See what, what occurs. You may be pleasantly surprised. You may have a... You may travel lighter over a long period of time and a lot of different circumstances. And you'll see Jesus Christ, by the traveling lighter, you'll come to realize what the problem was. You will. You'll know the problem by the solution. That's what happens. You can't know the problem by the problem. You really know it by the solution. And from the solution's point of view, it's imaginary. It's an appearance. It's a form of dreaming that has captured our attention interest. We've, we got so interested in it, we forgot we're dreaming it. And now we become, for all intents and purposes, the dreamt object. And everything we've dreamt has the power to affect us now. That's what happens. So we're giving all our power away, and it's our own power that's biting us in the ass. What, do you think the movie is so good? It's the audience. What you call the illusion is the audience makes the illusion. There is nothing called an illusion that would be a thing. Yeah? It's the audience that makes the illusion. It's your believing makes it so. That's how much power that's available to us. It's a done according to your belief. You ever read the New Testament? Every time there was a healing, the guy would be saying, oh, thank you, Jesus, and he'd say, forget about that, bro. It's done according to your own belief. That's why it's happening. 
It's not done because I can heal. It's done according to your belief. As you think, so it is. You know, as you believe, so it is. He's always pointing out. Yet he said that thought cannot add one cubit to your stature. Yeah, it talking can do nothing. What's doing it all? Using the thought as the vehicle. You, the mind. The thought isn't doing a damn thing. It's the mind in giving it meaning that's doing it. Yeah. So you have the winning side while you're losing. You're aligned with the winning side while you seem to be losing. If you just give up the ghost, you'd be on the winning side. Yeah. It's the mind that's giving the meaning to things. You ever read Buddhism? You ever read how they describe that nothing, everything, they use the word empty? What, is, what do you believe they mean? The way I heard it was that there is no inherent existence in anything. Nothing is solid in and of itself. It's empty. There's nothing here, in a way, as an individual entity or object or thing that has its own generator. Yeah? It's not self-generating. Its mind is dreaming. Yeah. How does it dream? Well, simply, this camera location gives everything all the meaning it has from this camera location. That camera location, a little different than this location in time and space, gives everything all the meaning it has from that position. And so we have our own subjective experience here, but the, same, the format is exact same. Millions of camera positions with one light looking through them all. So undifferentiated light looks through all these millions of cameras and it doesn't matter if there's 6 billion people on the planet, 20 billion people, 100 billion people, they all would be having, they'd all be seeing because there's no quantity in the light. There's no, it's never going to run out, so to speak. It can do it with one camera location, 40 billion camera locations. As long as there's a camera there, there's going to be a dreaming, there's going to be a movie. Yes? When you die, have you seen a dead body that you used to know? Did it ever strike you that that wasn't the person you knew? It had happened to me very distinctly. I saw an Uncle Fred who was important to me in my life, and uh, my mother took me to the funeral when I was nine, and uh, it was an open casket, and she says, you want to say goodbye to Uncle Fred? I wasn't that keen on that idea, but she dragged me up there. And I looked at the body, and I said to her, it just hit me, that ain't Uncle Fred, you know? It was obvious I was I had mistakenly identified him because I was mistakenly identified. I thought I was this body, and therefore I assumed that Fred was that body. But when the real Fredness was gone, it won't, it wasn't the body. The body wasn't generating that Fredness. Yeah, you could take the the eye out of Fred that was never going to see again and put it in a live body, and it would facilitate seeing. Yeah. So this is a camera in a sense. This ain't the producer of the light. It conveys the light. Yeah? It conducts the light. Undifferentiated light comes in, differentiation occurs. So we see ourselves as projected as others. Yeah? You don't believe a little bit of that information wouldn't go a long way here? Of allowing you to travel lighter? <laughs> I mean, And isn't that the whole point? In a place that you can really be traveling heavy, isn't the value is the travel lighter? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to travel lighter here? And it does feel like traveling, right? It seems to be time, and it's broken up into days, months, years, and 
you never can stay at one event, it changes, and everything constantly is moving. So we're traveling, and we may not want to do that, and we may begrudge that we have to do it, but the fact is, it's happening in that way. So what's the point? What would be probably the most valuable uh, quality here, which would be the travel lighter? If you're going to necessarily be traveling, why not lighter? Yeah? So... We've all tried to find ways to travel lighter, which actually just promoted, for me, promoted more heaviness. That's the bitch about it, yeah? I was assuming I was going to become lighter, but I actually became heavier, concerning wanting to become lighter. So after a while, when I finally saw through that, I mean, this became, this when I heard this message, it was the last answer. I haven't had a new answer since, because there's no need to have one. This works just fine, yeah? It's always available at all times. The view changes, and then a vision becomes dominant, and then you just have an immunity to uh, the selfing. You've had enough evidence, and the mind has the certainty that I'm not that, and so all of its gyrations of how it tries to present the same story in a different way to catch your attention, you don't fall for it like you used to. Well, the mind doesn't fall for it anymore. It stays rock sure, at least a certain certainty in that resting of being not that. Then life goes on, you meet people, you don't. I get sick, you're going to die, whatever. All this is going to come to pass. But you just travel lighter on a grand scale. And I think that's all people want, really. If they, if they, if they could switch, if you really had a sense of enlightenment and ease and comfort in your own skin, I bet you would take ease and comfort in your own skin. You would probably fucking want nothing to do with enlightenment. Because yeah. there wouldn't be anyone there to enjoy it, like they say. <laughs> You'd rather have an ease and comfort in your skin and circumstances. You really would. We may give it a glorious name, but you really just want to feel at ease, I'd say. And uh, this lends itself to that. Yeah. And it's then the mind just chooses or whatever is inclined to go as far as it wants to go with it. Yeah. Some a little is more than enough. Some want to shoot for the heavens. Who knows? You wouldn't want to concentrate this energy. It wouldn't be a good move. You would not want to harness it and try to put it in Focus it on something. It's like it's like staring at the sun. It'll just burn your retina out. It's much better diffused and spacious. You couldn't. It's really. Even when I do the talks, if I do them for a while in one day, it just gets way too much. You know? For the body, it's like my bulb can't handle the wattage. You know, because the light gets very strong. You know? Wow. That's why I'd rather be talking about the Yankees and everything. It keeps me locked into the, in the mundane aspect of life. Works. Because I don't want to go anywhere now. This is the this is the transcending point. Being here and all its ugliness and everything else and all its beauty. This is the last place I wanted to be, and it's the only place I am. Yeah. So. We may not go on that long this day because I'm going to explode, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> One time it happened last year, year and a half ago, two years ago, whatever. I had this huge event and my blood pressure went out the roof, you know. 
like the, the machine couldn't even pick it up. I had to go to the emergency room. And then I had a year, a, a year journey with this energy just spiking like fucking crazy, you know, just blowing my, out of my head and uh, provoking like semi-heart attacks and everything like that. It was just a rough road, you know? So I couldn't travel, I didn't do talks, you know, go and do talks outside my neighborhood because it was just way too much. I couldn't, you know? I, and then I, I even got to a point where I'd be laying down at my house and I, every night, the only way I could handle it was laying down. And it would just get so fucking bright that this one night I uh, took the money I had in my room and I put it in an envelope and I stuck the bills out, yeah, so my roommates could see and I put it on the nightstand because I didn't want to leave them a body to get rid of. You know, I wanted to at least pay for my removal, <laughs> my disposal. <laughs> but I definitely... Had, there was nothing I could do. It was just, it was the light was building, but also accelerating. It was a really weird feeling. It was like getting brighter and brighter, but also like a moving, like a rocket. And I just said, fuck it, I can't bear this anymore. I just lay in there. And, uh, but I woke up the next day. There was my money and I put it in. And it still happened for a while, you know. It was just like frying me out physically and stuff. And then uh, after about a year, it just got subdued. I went to acupuncture and uh, I'd been going for months and it was starting to get subdued and then it got mellowed out and then I could go traveling again, you know. But, uh, man, it was just... Yeah, it's just too much. So I don't think the best... It's like you can't stare at the sun, obviously. Can you? Yeah. This is much more powerful than that. So, diffusion is best, you know, sense of presence, now don't make it a being, <laughs> don't shrink it into it a being, be it divine or not, yeah, you'll be, do much better with a, a dispersed presence, then you can get a, sh- you can see your original face, but you, if you ever saw your original face, it would be way, probably way overboard, so you get to see it dispersed and stuff, yeah. This one guy I just saw speak in North Carolina. He said he, he had an awakening experience. And he was just talking about how much he suffers all the time now. And everyone was trying to get him with, but is there a you suffering, you know, getting into the, is there a you, how can you have, if there's a you suffering? He says, there's just suffering. But it says it's sadness, deep sadness, and it's just there all the time. And so, you know, you get an idea that things are like, are going to be a rose garden. It may not be a rose garden, Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it has its own demands to certain aspects of living, like your physicality <laughs> or, or other, your mind itself, you know? Yeah, so. Don't think you're missing anything. This is probably the exact way it's best to hear it, is, you know, just take it slow and just entertain it. Because if it came in all of a rush, it may just blow you out of the water, who knows? Yeah, so. Yeah, I had a friend who did that. I used to do talks in Australia, so this guy started trying to do talks in Australia. And I called him up and I said, you better be careful. (laughs) 
<laughs> what you're doing. You may not, there may be some unintended consequences of you pursuing the seat assignments. <laughs> and you know, ended up trying to kill himself, really. Just because his mind couldn't take stuff. You know, it's not, that's not what always happens, but it can, you know, it's, there's a possibility. It's, there isn't a, there is a weird reason why your mind wants to be distracted constantly. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's trying to avoid uh, the revelation of its non-existence, you know, <laughs> for a very important point. <laughs> so <laughs> don't be rushing. <laughs> shamanism, right? Mm. You know, my friend was with Carlos Castaneda, you know, Don Juan, all that stuff. My friend uh, studied under Carlos Castaneda for years. And uh, their whole idea of, you know, going into the unknown is that you've got to have a lot of juice. You know, if your body's frail and other things are frail, the, uh, the, the tension of that will show itself in the weak areas. Yeah. So that's why they say, like someone who's, let's say, uh, schizophrenic is very close, yeah, in a way. You know what I mean? The mind snapped, but they're close. They're not close, but their mind is in a very interesting place. We call it insanity, but there's a fine line between wisdom and insanity. You know, literally. So, any questions today? We're going to have a great weekend. Tomorrow is going to be great. I think I should do some scriptures tomorrow. Like Faith Mind. I always love going over that one. So you can do it to the Tao Te Ching, too. But it gets into government learning for a while, which I don't like all so much. Yeah. No questions? Huh? Yeah? So if you were, say tomorrow there was no talk and no nothing, you were just hanging out on your own. And that would be heaven. Now. Yeah, <laughs> be heaven. So what kind of presence does that mental process have in your attention during the day? Like it's is noticed. It none? Is it none or is it just... No, no, it's noticed. Everything, seeing it doesn't have any, discri- doesn't have discrimination, it sees. You know, that's its nature. It's just not amplified. No, like you mentioned the subway and, you know, the guy, hey, right? And if you give that any attention and where that goes. That's right? exactly right, that yeah. That haze going on and you're just kind of like... It's a pretty, it's pretty low most of the time because, again, it has a limited amount of energy, which you're the source of. 
So if you haven't been feeding it for a while, it weakens greatly. You know? Yeah. It doesn't have its own source. There's nothing that's driving you crazy. The If you are really describing the situation, in a way, it's you driving yourself crazy. But it's your energy, that energy, yeah, that's been given over to this uh, mental process. You're very interested in it. Mm-hmm. And so it uses that energy to produce its little story. Yeah. And it seems real because it's the audience that's making it seem real, not that it's such a good movie or a good take. You know, it's actually pretty old. It's very same old, same old. It usually runs over the same theme thousands of times. It doesn't have many new tricks, yeah? But we fall for it quite easily, most people, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I have a mental process. It's just like my heart's pumping blood. The, the brain has a mental process going on, which I call selfing. There's no need for it to stop. It has some value. When people call my name, I answer, you know? Like if someone says, hey, Paul, I want to give you $1,000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very awake, you know? So it has its point, its purpose, yes? To navigate this place, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, to become the master is a stupid position to allow it to take. Because then you're the slave. Yeah? You're enslaved to it. You can't get to sleep. You can't shut it off. It's grabbing and it's, oh, forget it. Look at the look at the like the sleeping aid business. You know how much money pharmaceuticals make. People can't even get a good night's sleep. This there is so much in expression and manifestation is that's coming from this one little addiction to mind. You know the idea of self. That's it's like the basis for a lot of industries here. You know there's an investment in this place for this to continue the way it's going. Yeah, we're in a lot of silent agreement. Yeah, so pop a pill, pop a this, pop a that, do that, do this. Yeah, distract, distract, take off your attention. And when it's distracted, it's like it's not there. Yet it's eating away at you, your body, your weekend. You know, all like that. It's none of the fucking solutions work, do they? If they did, they would be they would be dismissed because they'd work once and that would be it. It doesn't work that way here. Yeah. Yeah. So why do we want to go into the problem-solution mill? Let's question the, pro- the, real, the sense of the real problem, and th- then you get it's unreal. Then there's no need for a solution. Now you're out of the mix. You're not, all right, I recognize the problem, so where's the solution? You're not, you're not that consumer anymore, yeah? Oh, here's the need, where's the supply? Whatever. You cut off the whole system. It's not like, you're not this, and then, oh, please, oh, great one, tell me who I am. No, you're not that, and that's that. Yeah? You can have someone tell to you blue in the face. It doesn't matter until you find out. Yeah? It seems there's some kind of balancing act there. Like, like I experienced a similar thing that you talked there, just about um, when you're really just, your attention's really on conscious contact, it becomes overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, you almost kind of want to let, let me get back into selfing for a little while because I can't take this, right? So you kind of. Well, the thing is, there's no you involved in either of the movements. That's all. So the seeing isn't going in or out. Yeah, the seeing isn't going in in getting clearer or going out of the, or becoming less conscious or getting conscious. There's just seeing. Yeah. 
That's above and beyond the fray here. That's what's reliable. Yeah? Now the movements are going to happen. There's going to be a feeling I went and moved this way and then I moved that way. But the seeing doesn't move. It's always just seeing, yeah? Never blinks. It's never interrupted. It didn't begin. It doesn't end. It doesn't have all the qualities that we feel we have and things have, yeah? <laughs> That's what's reliable. That is the, is, the, is the position or the point of neutrality. You're neither this nor that, yeah? That, to me, is the essence of mind, that. So, just entertain it. It will lend itself to you traveling lighter. It's not probably its point, but that's what happens here. Yeah. Can I just clarify something that you said there? I thought I heard you say. Um, you're, we're lifing, or I'm lifing, but it's, I'm not allowing it to be the master. Yeah. Am I, um, am I putting too much into what, that, what you just said, or is that... Well, the selfing is going on. It's a mental process, yeah? It's a daily process. You're not doing it, and it's not being done to you. The feeling that you're doing it or being done to you is the product of selfing. Let's be clear about that. So the product obviously can't get out of the process, <laughs> because it's the process that makes the product. Yeah. So... That's all. The seeing is beyond the pale, in a sense. It's way, it's not in the fray. So there's just seeing. And if you take anything back at any moment in your life, the farthest back you can go is to the seeing of it. You, know, you can't go past the seeing. That's, you can't go past the seeing. Because there would, you'd have to, something would have to see to tell you that you're past the seeing. You know? So you can never get, you're never before the seeing. You are always after the scene, the idea of you, the action figure, your life experiences. All this, all of this is happening in the content, which is framed or held in the context. The content cannot leave the content and then be beyond the context. Yeah, it's defined as the content because context, yeah, is the overriding space. Yeah. I'm saying, like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. So you're in this appearance, seemingly. There's action figure, this and that. You're in what you would call time and earth and worlds, but you're not of. You're not of time, you're not of thingness, you're not of mind, but you're in this place. But you're not of it. The freedom from this place is to have, have the realization you're not of it. It's not trying to find a special way to get out of it. It's realizing you're not of it. That's the whole point. Yeah. And then being the go the seeming in this just continues on. It has nothing to do with your agreement or not. That's its nature. It's it's manifesting. Yeah? But your engagement with it will change dramatically when you're not taking yourself to be that. And I'll tell you, you'll know the problem by the solution. When you get relief. The problem was you weren't relieved. <laughs> that was that simple. Yeah? That you were driven and anxious and constantly caught in a stream of time where you can't enjoy each moment because you know there's going to be another one after it. Yeah? All of this, it's like being whipped along the way. You never get a break. Yeah? Even the vacations are work. Aren't they? <laughs> when you go on the vacation, you're thinking about work. When you're at work, you're thinking about the vacation. 
you're doing the one job never changes, thinking about things. You're thinking about vacation, thinking about work, thinking about spirituality, thinking about finance, thinking, 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 thinking going on. It's not you thinking, but the system is constantly proliferating around things all day. Yeah? I mean how many how many thoughts would it take to navigate this Saturday? Like maybe eight? You got to Richmond and Spadina. You would leave Richmond and Spadina twice, once for lunch. Then you have to find yourself back here and then leave for good at four o'clock. And then maybe you had to choose what to eat or think you chose. Maybe 15 thoughts could have been all you needed to navigate today. Why is there 70,000 thoughts? Are there 70,000 things to think about today? You know, I mean, how many... How many hors d'oeuvres can you have? I want 60,950 hors d'oeuvres and then the other 50 thoughts I used for working and getting home. But I just thought about hors d'oeuvres. You know, obviously. What are they doing? The thoughts have a purpose in a sense. They're used to point to the phantom thinker. The more the better. For you to be convinced of something that isn't so, they have to put tons of fucking lies out. Like, the, what's his name? Goebbels said... The bigger the lie, the more it's repeated, the better it is. Yeah? So get the biggest whopper you can ever think of, that you're a body, <laughs> and then just repeat it constantly. And you don't repeat like, I'm a body, I'm a body, but the my constantly. I'm the thinker, I'm the feeler, I'm the one who has the problem, I'm this, I'm that. It's always pointing to the one who has the owner, the doer, the hamper. It's incessant. Yeah? It's easy to fall asleep at the wheel. It is. It's like such. It's like a hellacious snowstorm, really. If you saw, and basically all the flakes are the same, though. In this case, the thoughts are the same. They're just the fucking same. Just a. Oh no, it is not. I was thinking about a dog, and it was named Fido when I walked it eight years ago. Now I'm thinking about a dog named Biff. It's different. No, only the nouns have changed. It's the same yapping going on. You were obsessed over one girl named Susan. Now you're obsessed over one girl named Mary. It's the same obsession. It's the same thought format, but there's different, and it seems different. Oh no, this is different. This is Mary. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. It's a form of slavery. Can you imagine if you had a, if 70,000 thoughts is constantly pointing at you? <laughs> All right, enough already. All right, I'm guilty. I'm the thinker. I'm sorry. Yeah? But it cannot happen. It can only appear to happen. The mind makes the final leap. Everything is just a pointer. There's nothing pointed to. The mind makes the leap that I'm that which is being pointed to. Show me where it is. Find it. Take an, take an x-ray of your body. Where are you? Is it behind the gallbladder you're hiding there? Or near, your liver is, is huge, so you're hiding behind there, you're an alcoholic me? There's nowhere to be found. Ask it, and no one ever shows up. It's assuming that it's you, you're already here. Question this. Are you already here? Are you the Alpha and the Omega? Were you, in every moment that you say you were in, what was prior to you, the seeing? If you're anything, you're the seeing, not what's being seen in the moment. You're the seeing of the moment, I'd say. If you want to get to it logically, how can you be the seeing 
in a moment. What's seeing the scene? I would say I'd rather be that, the seer of the scene, or the seeing of the scene, than what's seen. Yeah? Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? I haven't gone, I can't go back farther than the past scene, I'm telling you. That's, that's as far as it's been shown to me. You know? And there's no point to want to get, there's nothing beyond it. All there is is that to me. And it's just happening, happening, and then it isn't happening. This is manifestation, so it's happening, and then it's resting. Yeah? It's always, all imminence and pregnancy is already, there's not going to be a limit of things in, that can pop up in it. It can keep on, it's like a never-ending popcorn maker. It just pops, more appearances, more appearance, more, tons and tons. Yeah. So that's it for today. I Thank think. You. you have any questions? Uh, more? <laughs> more? <laughs> well, another hour of questions. I got one more. All right. <laughs> I mean, any, anybody who talks or does anything like you're doing, you know, has a nice little trilogy or books or like. So why haven't you written a book? I don't like books that much. Like writing them or reading? What don't you like? Neither now. I used to read a lot, but I don't read anymore, and uh, I don't have any interest in it. I have a couple people have written books, I've tried, but I haven't participated in it. I just can't get the interest up. Tell you the truth. I don't know why. It's not doing it's not promoting my career well. But I just uh, just don't I can't find it in me. And I don't if unless I moved I don't usually so move. Everything for you is inspired action or I think the I think the best medium is this, personally. A live meeting. Yeah? Then I like, yeah. for me, I think I, uh, video's good and audio's good because there's a lot of inflection of how I deliver it. Yeah? I have my own little, it mm-hmm. just happens in a certain way and I think that has value. Mm-hmm. So the, I think this, the written word is way down the line of what I value as a medium for this. I, met, I value the live meeting the most and then it goes down if you say vi- video, audio, and then maybe a book. Yeah? Yeah. We have some written. Hmm? You have some written on your website. Yeah, a guy does that. He wrote a book too. Twelve slap. He does the these short slaps. Oh. They're called short slaps. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's well, the guy. I, I don't know about that, but there's something about the written word or something. One of those. Oh, is there? Subheadings in your <laughs> website. Oh, I don't know. I don't look at my website. <laughs> I have nothing to do with it, really. Oh. All I only do is download the talks. Well, you know, somebody... somebody <laughs> I should look at it, see what they're selling on there. Yeah, People have tried to describe, but transcribe the talks, and they've done some of it, but they need to be edited and everything. Yeah. And I've attempted to do that, but then I lose interest in that, too. It, I don't like the way it sounds when I read my own stuff. It's not mine, obviously, but I don't. I don't find it that engaging, actually. <laughs> so I've lost interest in it. But I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. You know, I know that happens. You know, the, the people think if if they write a book, they get people to come and everything. But uh, I'm just coming from. I mean, myself. I listen. I watch. I read. 
Yeah, exactly. You see, that's a lot of people. I bought the book, right? Guys like yeah. Some people like print. Yeah, some people like that, but it's nice to have them come out though, because there is a a, a, almost like a technological wall that people are isolated behind, Mm -hmm. where they 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 see YouTube's and then, but they never leave. There's no engagement. You miss. There's a missing. This liveness. Live is good to me. Yeah, I get loved a lot while I'm here. When I'm doing, you know, okay, I, just say that, I don't think you get the sense of the love that's in the room when you're reading about it or when you're uh, even watching, if you're listening to it. Yeah, that's something that you miss in a way. When you have a real, there's a, like a, it's not a transmission from one person to another. There's a transmission that happens in a live meeting. I feel that's that's lacking in the other uh, mediums. Well, That's why you mentioned the course of miracle lessons there, and I was just checking some of them out. And one one was all about that, you know, everything I see is the past and the meeting. And yeah, and so I'm li- listening to you on YouTube, and it's like 2009, and I'm like, what? okay, this. That's why I came here. I'm like, that thing's three years old. Every, you know, there's nothing. That's as past as it gets, right? Yeah. So I wanted to see what is the difference in the actual reality, right? Yeah. Know. Good. Yeah, what do you think? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, you'll find out. See, a lot of times when people are into that, it, it's best that you disappoint them. <laughs> so they can be right. <laughs> well, I want to interact with the YouTube video. I want to interact That's right, well, you are. You're interacting a lot, yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. Because your participation adds to the event, yes? So, when you have to remember that, other people get a lot out of your participation. So, when you come to a meeting, it's not all about the one who's coming. It's about the whole group and everything else. And it's thinking outside that box, in a way, where you join in the we, and uh, you get a magical thing from the we that you can't get as a you or, or an I, you know, it's a, it, there's a lot of magic with groups in a lot of ways. It's, I don't like when they get organized and turn into a hierarchical situation, but I like like loose knit groups like this. It's, I mean, we have it. I come here. I'm not a believer in long days, but I have to admit it builds to a crescendo as an event. Let's say tomorrow or, or month, tomorrow, and we've had some wonderful little love fests. Because the energy just cooks in such like a syrupy way. You know, it's just really like molasses. It's really <laughs> sticky and good. And that, that, that doesn't usually happen in an hour talk. So there are influences of time and everything in the manifestation. So I do see value in that. Yeah? Well, you spend a di- couple of days together, it does cook a certain way. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like something that was cooked for like microwave or you slow braised it or boiled it for four hours. It has a better, it's better tasting usually, yeah? You can both, you can say they're both cooked, but one tastes a whole lot better from the process than the other one did. Yeah? Yeah, so. Well, I'm having a, now I've come down, which is good. I was getting worried there. <laughs> I've been, love will do that to me. Love gets me here, really. Yeah, it's good. Tanya's like an anchor, Donna. They keep, yeah, it's very helpful to me. Because uh, 
Yeah. So we'll come to back tomorrow, I hope. Everyone show up or not. 11 o'clock, yes. On the dot, we'll be here. 11. Hey, thank you for coming, everyone. Thank you. Oh, yeah, it's almost four. Great seeing you again. Great to really appreciate it. I really did.
And I've talked to her about it, and so it's just that we're being so upset. That's what I saw. Yeah, that's something that we will do. All of it is. It's just that we want it. All of it is. 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 And then, my hope is that this website improves and improves all these donations for the workers. Yeah, the idea that it spreads the teaching to us all. So I can see that it's these coincidences. So I'm getting better at it. And then, I'm going to get this place on something. I think I'm going to have a pretty... definitely supports you in the movie, maybe. I don't know about the massage. Massage, I'm telling you, $45 for an hour, an hour and a bit. It's good. You can go soak our feet in like an herbal bath. Oh, they will? And then get an hour. I can use my foot. My foot's hurting right there. I'll be right back. Let me just use the bath. It's on tonight. It's on the west side. I'll be right back. It's really good. I've had speakers stay there before as well. And people stay there, so it's pretty, they can get a room for 100 bucks or something. Like, it's like the cheapest, nicest place downtown. And like, is it They have like a spa type thing, but it's like they're all. Like, and it's a good massage, it's actually. Oh no. Can you know, we go? There's a lady named, uh, I don't even, she says her name's Funny. So I call her Funny. But I don't know. Funny. Funny. I just call I want Funny. She's like the shortest one, so I'm like, I want Funny. They're all there, and they're like, oh, you want this one? But they have it. It's, it's, uh, 
you know, I think even during the weekday, it's for 45 minutes, it's 30 bucks. Like it's, it's, no, I'm telling you, you should come up. Well, they might not have room for you, right? But there's three or four people on the line. So you might not get funny. Funny. Yeah. Well, if you're going with me, you're not getting there. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking, should I let Paul know if he's going to like screw Paul? I'm going to my massage for me. No, it's, she's really like, she just, and like I gave him a 5 or $10 tip. They're like enthusiastic. I've been to other places in Chinatown. You gotta be careful where you go right now, but you end up in that not not massage place. <laughs> you're, but you're wearing a mini skirt. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was wearing lipstick. But, um, but but yeah, this place. I just I search for some different places because sometimes I need a massage and I can't book two or three days in advance. I have friends that do it, you know, other part of the city. So for me, it's easier just to go there. And so I've, I've been to this lady three or four times. And it's like the cheapest, and I've been to lots of massage services in my life, and uh, she's just really like a deep, deep, deep massage. And, yeah. And the walking on the back I really find is for me, because they don't just walk on the back, they massage the like Robert, Robert, you know a guy named Jonathan that has a studio here? Uh, no. Sorry. Uh, there's 130 businesses in but yeah, no, so she's like with the, uh, now I'm not talking about Survivor, I'm talking about the <laughs> massage. <laughs> <laughs> but no, when they walk on the back, they're doing the active pressure points with their toes and their feet, but they have their whole body weight, and then they have these bars that they hold and they can adjust the weight. Yeah. The thing is, is are they good? No, no, this I was telling them, I have this one lady I go through, her name's Funny or Funly, or I can't understand her. But I was thinking to myself, should I let Paul have her because I know she's good? And I'm like, screw Paul, I'm having her. She's the best. <laughs> so you don't know sometimes. So, but now I'm thinking, you're talking about going for coffee. Yeah. Would that be a good idea? Like, maybe you shouldn't have a coffee. It's okay. You shouldn't do political activism and go to Saxon. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, no, it's just. Richard. Yeah, yeah. I I put my foot down about that. I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I I put.